Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, and we are here 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden in New York City. Now, welcome back. I am back. We're back in the studio. Labor Day is over, and we're hitting it hard. We got America is back. Headline, right? 63% believe that Biden botched the Afghanistan withdrawal. Today, we're going to talk about weapons, things that are just plain old wrong, and maybe a little bit about wrestling. And I'll get into that in a minute. But headline on Breitbart, America's back. 63% Biden believe that Biden botched the Afghanistan withdrawal. Now, that's coupled with the polling from last week combined with the polling that's uh, getting even worse over the weekend. Last week, Joe Biden's approval hit a record low uh, from 40 some odd percent. I think it was 43 percent down to 28 percent. And now it's even worse. I saw my email this morning. I think it was this morning. And President Trump puts, hey, in case you missed it, (laughs) poll. Majority blamed Joe Biden for the deaths of 13 service members and 170 Afghans. This is horrible. And we're going to get to Joe Biden in the next segment. Right now, I want to talk about not guns necessarily, but I want to talk about what's happening with crime and all this crazy stuff. Yeah, people acting up all over the place. Looking at the New York Post this morning, there's a video that shows the robbery of a barber in New York City. The guy comes in brazen, no mask or nothing. Looks through the door first, checks the place out, then goes in, figures, hey, you know what, I'm going to pull this off. Grabs a gun out of the waistband of his shorts. Armed robbery, right there, while the guy's in the chair. Now, it's funny, you guys know I used to be a barber. And I always keep an eye out for barber stories, and I don't want to bore you with that stuff. But being a New Yorker and being a barber, I, I found that to be a really interesting story. Because, you know, it was a bunch of years ago, and those who know me well have heard this story, and those that were there remember the story, and I don't think many of you were there. But when I was like 15 years old, I would work after school in a barber shop. And one day there were drug dealers outside that decided to bring a fight inside. And they were fighting over drug territory. These two dudes that had uh, ran that block were fighting because some new guys, this Dominican guys, had uh, took over while the two guys were locked up. So they get into a thing and the guy starts you know, running through the thing and the one guy's looking for the other guy and he's like, you know, where, where is he? Where is he? But in Spanish, you know, ¿Dónde está tal papo? ¿Dónde está? And then he's running around. He's like, I'm right here. What's up? Let's fight. And apparently he'd uh, done something to the nephew of this particular guy. So now they're, you know, they're going at it and he, he's angry. And I look down and I see in his hand, he has a machete. 
Now he starts swinging this thing like crazy inside a barbershop that's packed with people. And I'm like giving somebody a shave. So I quickly move the chair, you know, so that the guy's head gets out of the way because this guy's swinging a machete. And, and the other guy grabs a headrest from an old school Belmont barbershop chair. And, you know, all, all you hear, the, the metal clashing against the metal. It's like swashbuckling, like Errol Flynn back in the days. These guys are just going at it. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm watching this. It was crazy. Finally, the, the guy who ran the shop, he kind of steps in and he was a, like a gangster from New York. Honestly, it was a crazy story. One day I'll get into that. But this was a, a barbershop that was on 48th, 49th Street in Union City. And called Rough Cuts, and it was definitely rough back then. He says, Yo, dogs, yo, dogs, you can't you can't be doing that in here, dogs. And that was what he called everybody, dogs, in the plural. And his name was G. G kicked them out. They were like, all right, no problem. They went outside and, you know, they handled their business. They both lived for another number of years. I don't know what happened to the Dominican guys. I do know the other guy, uh, God rest his soul, ended up dying after a life of crime and imprisonment and he was actually somebody that I got to know and and uh, honestly uh it's a it's a shame that that life kind of consumed him but anyway the point of the story here is that that life that style of of living has exploded in New York City and across America and we're seeing crime like we've never seen it before so you got this barber that's getting robbed in New York City and the guy gets what he wants he leaves and you know at the end of the article in the New York Post it says that they're still looking for this guy and I'll bring you up to speed on it real quick. Headline, video shows brazen bandit robbing New York City barber in front of stunned customer. It says it was quite the close shave. A brazen gunman was caught on video holding up a Bronx barber as his shell-shocked customer sat inches away in his chair. The cops are now looking to identify the suspect in the mid-service stick-up at the E.T. Barbershop on East 183rd Street in the Belmont section of Queens. The NYPD on Saturday released a photo and surveillance video that captures the chilling incident. And there he is, this guy over his Labor Day weekend. He's just hanging out. White t-shirt, little towel on his head, fitted hat on top of the towel, Crime Stoppers, the phone number, you know, 1-800-577-TIPS. And says, the stunning 72nd clip shows the gunman, 30 to 35 years old, 6 foot 1, enter the shop, ambush the 27-year-old barber. The robber pulls out a gun, demands the property next to the barber, and the, the customer is frozen in his chair. This is so funny. The barber hands over the gold chains, a Rolex watch, a gold ring, a bracelet, two cell phones, $700 in cash, and barbers do make good money. And the bandit made the victim drop the items back in a plastic bag that said, "Shop, thank you for shopping here, before he boogied out of the place on 183rd Street. The victim told the New York Post, I've never seen this guy in my life. Anyone with information regarding the incident is asked to call the police. And that's what they're doing. There's a wanted sign. Now, this, I think, pales in comparison with a similar incident in Florida. Because now you've got somebody in Melbourne, Florida, in a barbershop, and a masked gunman walks in. Now, this is in Florida. Big difference now. The masked gunman, this is in uh, Florida today, enters the barbershop. On Saturday afternoon, points a firearm at several people, according to the police report. The shooting occurred at about 3.25 p.m. on Saturday at a place called New York Hair Barbershop, but it's in Melbourne, Florida, in a strip mall. Now, this gunman, whom police identified as Palm Bay resident Marlon Masco, 24 years old, ends up getting shot in the hip because a good guy with a gun stopped the bad guy with the gun. 
He was disarmed and apprehended at the scene by patrons and employees and is being treated at the hospital for his wounds. Turns out the investigation revealed that it wasn't related to a robbery. It was actually related to a prior haircut transaction he was unhappy with. So the guy comes back in with a gun. This guy, Masco, has now been charged with aggravated assault with a firearm. So let me get this straight. You don't like your haircut. You come back with a gun to get at your barber? Absolutely insane. But this is how people act when we have an administration. Again, you know, uh, Breitbart famously said that uh, politics flows downstream from culture. And this is really references that, you know, he got from, from Reagan and, you know, from others that have gone before him. And the point is, our politics are screwed up and our culture is screwed up. People that need weapons can't get them. And the people with the weapons are robbing the people that should be armed. The innocent people. The law-abiding people. So thank God that somebody in the barbershop had a gun and took this guy out. And he lives. You know, he got shot in the hip. But my point is, if that were my barbershop, if my kids were in there, if your kids were in there, you'd want the same. You wouldn't want this bad guy to go in there and rob everybody and keep it moving. I'm sure there's a few people out there that say, you know what, the robbery case, let them rob it. Maybe it's insured, it's money, it's jewelry, you can get it all back. Okay, if, if that's how you live your life on your knees, that's on you. But when you're the barber and somebody comes and starts brandishing a weapon telling you they're going to shoot you or whatever it is, threaten you at least, because they don't like your haircut, Houston, we got a problem. Anyway... I uh, hope you guys had a great Labor Day weekend. I did. I had a lot of fun doing a whole lot of nothing. And I'm sorry I didn't do the Sunday show, but I was taking it easy for Labor Day. So we're going to kick it in gear and have an extra episode this week to catch up on the schedule. And that's it. The summer's over. Even though it's a nice day today in the New York area, we're definitely going to be grinding hard heading into the fall. There's a lot of news coming out. Uh, we're going to see how that goes. And I had a great time. I enjoyed some time with my children. Uh, I watched a lot of just garbage TV, just stuff to get my mind off of politics and stuff like that. Reality TV shows, wrestling, WWE. I watched some of that. I haven't watched that in ages, but I did a ton of that as a kid. I love that stuff. And anyway, we'll talk about a little bit of the wrestling stuff in the last segment. Uh, but straight ahead, don't move a muscle because we're going to talk about Joe El Maboso Biden and all sorts of things that are going wrong right here in the United States. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. All right, welcome back. What's going on, America? At Rich Valdez is the social media handle, at Rich Valdez with an S. And, of course, I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, El Conservador, Mr. Call Screener, Richie V, and so many other names that people have for me. If you want to see them, go to Twitter. I get a lot of love, get a lot of hate, <laughs> and it's all good. But what we're talking about right now is all sorts of things that are going wrong. And again, before I talked about Biden's numbers, and we'll talk about that, but I want to just talk about some stuff that I saw online earlier, on Twitter or on Getter, actually, Getter, uh, talking about Jason Miller, founder of Getter, former Trump advisor, who says that he was detained 
uh, by the authorities in Brazil for having been a member, a participant of CPAC in Brazil, which happened over the weekend as well. And I think, you know, number one, if Matt Schlapp is listening or anybody from the team, uh, I'm going to let this one slide. I still love you. I love CPAC, but... Vocês sabem que eu falo português. I don't know how many people in conservative talk radio actually fluently speak Portuguese, mas eu falo português. Eu gosto e quero ir para o Brasil. Anyway, I just wanted to flex my Brazilian skills because I, I haven't had a chance to speak my Brazilian Portuguese very often. But uh, my godmother growing up was Brazilian and taught me this foreign language that uh, is really fun to speak, honestly. Anyway, so they, they held him up. Uh, to make a point, because he was hanging out with Bolsonaro and uh, President Bolsonaro's son. And I remember when I worked with uh, James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, 2014, 2015, and he had gone on a trip. And almost every trip he went on, they were putting him in the little Homeland Security room because the Obama people knew who he was. And they were like, you know what? Not this guy again. Anytime we can harass him, put him in the box, sweat him a little bit, we're going to do it. And that's exactly what they did. So, you know, they let uh, Mr. Miller into the little room. I'm sure they did their harassment. And then, thankfully, they did let him go as well. But I saw this clip as I was scrolling of him saying that um, the chances of Trump running for president in 2024, in his opinion, were between 99 and 100%. Now, listen, if I was a betting man... Number one, I would probably plug a betting website right here, a sponsor, one of those sponsors that does that, you know, because it's a great place to plug that. And B, I would probably take those odds because those numbers look good. The numbers that don't look good, oh, those are the numbers that I mentioned earlier in the Breitbart report where Joe El Baboso Biden seems to be on a very, very big decline. 63% believe Biden botched the Afghanistan withdrawal. This poll was released on Friday and believes that, yeah, It's from Washington Post, ABC News. And they believe that Biden's responsible for the deaths of the 13 U.S. service members and 170 Afghans. Before asking the question, the poll prefaced that the 13 members of the U.S. military and at least 170 Afghans were killed near the Kabul airport in a suicide bombing. How much of it, if all, or if at all, excuse me, do you blame the attack on Biden's handling of the withdrawal from Afghanistan? A great deal, a good amount, not much or not at all. Those are the poll questions. 53% blamed Biden, 38% blaming him a great deal, and 15% a good amount. Good. I'm glad people are getting it. 43% of people blamed him less than others, which includes 22% that said not so much, but they blamed him, but not a lot. Only 4% said, nah, he didn't do it. They had no opinion at all. That's crazy. Not crazy. I mean, it's just rare that you get a real a piece of real news that are coming out from um, ABC News. But even a broken clock is right twice a day. That's what they say. So this is what's going on. I think, you know, this is what's wrong in the world. And I like to talk about what's right in the world. But in this segment, I want to talk about the things that are wrong in the world. And we know that Biden screwed things up horribly in Afghanistan, horribly. But when you hear something like this, This is a mom, an American mom, a woman that's stuck in Afghanistan. He says, anybody that wants to get out can get out, but this woman can't get out. She's stuck. Listen to this. There's been days where, you know, I think to myself, like, am I going to make it home? Am I going to end up living here? Am I going to end up dying here? What's going to happen? 
25-year-old California native Nasria came to the Afghan capital in June to visit family and marry her longtime boyfriend. She and her new husband fled to the airport after the Taliban took control, but they never made it in. It was so hard to just get on a flight. There was, there was a couple of days where we had to sleep on streets. People were literally stepping over people. That's how bad it was. After her booked flight home was canceled amid the chaos, she reached out to the State Department for help. They told us, go to a certain location, you will be picked up. And this is from the State Department, you will get picked up, go there. And it was in the middle of the road across the airport. So we went there, waited an extra 12 to 13 hours with no food, no water, nothing. She'd wave her passport. They won't let us go, they're gassing us back there to but day and night, the Taliban kept blocking her. I was got gunpointed to my head. Our troops were literally at the gate, just waiting for us to continue walking. And they had blocked us. And there was a time where like, I went past them and I started walking as fast as I can. And they started shooting right by my leg and told me to come back or they would shoot me. Oh my God. That's how it was. And I've never in my life have ever been experienced anything like this. It was like a movie scene. It was like coming. It was like literally a movie scene. She says her husband, an Afghan national, even begged the Taliban to let her in the airport without him. But she refused to leave him. I was not going to leave without my husband because I knew in my heart I was never going to, you know, step a foot back in Afghanistan once I go home. And I'm pregnant and Definitely my child is going to need a father. I'm going to need a husband by my side. Now that the U.S. military is gone, Nasria says the Taliban are hunting Americans. And apparently they're going door to door from now, trying to see, you know, if anybody has a blue passport. The State Department has told her to stay put and they will find a way to get her out. But she gets more discouraged with each passing day. I don't even think I'm going to be able to go I definitely lost some hope. If I was only 15 steps away from the airport and I was told people are going to come out of the airport to get me, so what, what hope am I supposed to have now? Now, what exactly is it that Joe El Baboso Biden is doing to fix anything at all? Well, looks like he's launching a federal trade investigation into ice cream. That's right. No, not Mr. Softy, but McDonald's. Launching an actual investigation into broken McDonald's ice cream machines. This woman, an American citizen, stuck pregnant in Afghanistan, saying that she wants to go home. And Biden, nowhere to be found. That's what I want to know. Where are the Democrats? Where is Biden on this hurricane? Hurricane was so bad, it killed 40 people in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. 43. And I drove through that crazy flood. And maybe if we have a little time, I'll get to that story in a, in a second. But besides calling his aide, his boy, happened to be a black guy too, that didn't go over well. And you've heard that audio, I'm sure. He decides to stay silent. Listen to this. We in the heat, we ain't got no lights. I've been like almost five days. I gotta sleep in the car. My kids are hot, we hungry. We go in the gas station, the line is long. We gotta wait two hours and then the gas station closed. You know how much that is? We gotta sleep in the car. I got kids and it's very hot. We gonna die in here. Where's FEMA? Where's the Red Cross? We need help now. Can y'all help us? We about to die. We got children in here. 
I'm a single mom and I'm doing it by myself. It's hard out here. Can they help us? Where's the president? Can he come help us? Where's the FEMA? This is depressing, lady. Can they help us? We put a gas in our car. Where we gonna go? And we gotta sleep in the car to wash our back. That's miserable, lady. Can y'all help us? What a damn shame. So here's this woman, a birthing person, I'm gonna suppose, Myra Castro, saying, where is the president? Where is FEMA? We're about to die. Why can't somebody help us? We got to sleep in the car to watch our backs. It's miserable, lady. Can't y'all help us? Somebody? Now, look, I don't put the onus on the government to help people in situations of poverty 100% of the time. But in a situation of a national uh, disaster? Yeah, hell yeah. This is when you got to come through for the people. I mean, if, if not, then why have a FEMA and why pay those damn taxes? But of course, Joe Biden's investigating ice cream. Destroying Afghanistan, leaving children behind, leaving pregnant moms behind. This storm, like I said, so bad that all these people died. And I thought, man, you know, I never heard of so many people dying from flooding, you know, in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. We don't really get flooding that bad. The last, you know, we had Hurricane Irene, brought a lot of flooding. We had Hurricane Sandy. But again, we got hit by both of those hurricanes. Here, the media, at least the media reported that we, this was the remnants of Hurricane Ida. I got to tell you, from some of the damage that I saw, it looked like Hurricane Ida straight up hit New Jersey and New York. I was at an undisclosed location, a bunker of sorts, in Westchester, New York. Around 9 o'clock at night, the night of the hurricane. There had been already three alerts. You know, that, that blow up your phone and scare the crap out of you, saying that, you know, storm watch, uh, flooding, life-threatening situation till 11 o'clock. I looked outside. And I said, you know what? I'm leaving this place, the studio, going home, jumping in my big truck, and I'm driving. And I did. And I was all right until I got to the highway. Once I got to the highway, the buckets just started coming down from the heavens. It was absolutely torrential monsoon rain. In Spanish, we say, un aguacero estaba cayendo. It was crazy. I just kept a decent speed, kept my foot on the gas, made sure I didn't take my foot off the gas because I did that once in high flood water. And that water, when, when the smoke isn't coming out the back, the exhaust out of your tailpipe, you're in trouble. As long as you're pushing gas, stuff, it's going, you know, it's an exit only. But the minute you stop hitting that gas, the water will fill into your tailpipe and like mess everything up in your car and it could start to shake or even turn off. So I made sure I didn't take my foot off the gas and I I got home in a pretty quick amount of time, but it was very difficult to drive. The water was coming up to the middle of my wheel at some points, probably closer to um, the bottom of my door. Again, my car's really high. I got a Ford Expedition. But other people with smaller cars, I saw them getting inundated. Cars were being abandoned on the side of the road left and right on my ride. Small cars, BMWs, Honda Accords, cars that were really close to the ground. And I felt bad, but I couldn't stop. And I couldn't do anything for them anyway. I mean, they they were trying to push their cars off to the side. And, you know, it was just an absolute disaster. Visibility was probably the worst I've ever seen it. And that was just me in New Jersey. Imagine this woman in New Orleans saying, where is the president? Where is FEMA? That's Joe El Baboso Biden for you. Really upset that he can't get his uh, 
Mr. Softy. But no, it's not Mr. Softy, of course. It's McDonald's ice cream that he's going after. And I'm going to jump into that one in a second. But, you know, there's so many jobs that are currently available at McDonald's and other places. And again, I realize it's not ideal. You know, when I'm looking for a job, and in this business of radio, you technically are always kind of looking for a job unless you're one of the, you know, um, Rush Hannity Levin types that make it huge. You know, you're just um, constantly doing fill-ins in different states, different territories, you know, as you build your uh, your catalog, your repertoire, whatnot. At least that's been my experience. And there hasn't been a ton of radio work out there. A lot of it was diminished because of coronavirus, because of this, because of that. And I don't even know if I can make a good ice cream cone at McDonald's. But Jobs Report says there's 10 million new jobs. And 7 million people that are out of work and have benefits that are expiring. And let's see what happens. But Biden, oh boy, Joe El Baboso Biden, you know what he says? He says, you know what? This, this isn't his fault, right? Because, you know, he says things like, it's not my fault. The buck stops with me, though. I blame Trump. But even MSNBC is blaming Biden on this jobs report. I want you to listen to this clip we got from Stephanie Rule. Check this out. 235,000 jobs added versus a projection of 720,000. What happened? And coming after July when we had over 900,000. Huge slowdown, Willie. Yes, we are still in an economic recovery. But for those who thought we are booming, we are racing, we're absolutely not seeing what we thought we were going to see. We are seeing wages go up a smidge. That's positive news. And economists, I'm telling you, they are going to be writing PhD papers about this for years over the fact that there are millions of open jobs in this country. Yes, many of them are lower wage jobs, trucking jobs service jobs, hospitality jobs that aren't getting filled with Americans asking, well, why isn't that the case? Now, we know that from last month to this month, we saw Delta variant on the rise, more businesses delay return to work. So a lot of ancillary businesses might not have brought workers back so quickly. But the question is going to be what happens from here, Willie? Remember, we are on the eve of those expanded unemployment benefits running out. We know that that rent moratorium is expiring. And one of the main reasons people weren't going back to work is that they didn't have child care. Kids weren't in school. Now that all of those things are happening right now, this could be the push going forward to get people back to work because there is a mismatch. Only 250,000 people went back to work, but we know there are lots of open jobs out there. Ouch, that stung. When MSNBC and Stephanie Rule are actually telling the truth, when ABC News telling the truth that 63% of people believe that Biden botched the Afghanistan withdrawal. You know, we got a problem. Now, are we setting the stage for the Kamala Harris presidency? Well, I would, I would suppose so. I mean, why not? Isn't that why they, they position themselves to have a birthing person of color as the vice president in the first place? But like the woman in New Orleans said, where are they? Where's AOC? Where are the Democrats? Where's Joe Biden on jobs? Well, Joe Biden actually did have something to say about jobs. And like usual, the buck stops with Joe. But as the buck is stopping with him, he's happy to blame Trump. And in this case, COVID. Listen to this. We're not where we need to be in our economic recovery. There are two critical tasks ahead this month to get us closer to our goal and to take the next steps in our recovery. The first 
We need to make more progress in fighting the Delta variant of COVID-19. This is a continuing pandemic of the unvaccinated. Since becoming president, I've ramped up testing, secured enough vaccine for every single American, and gotten 175 million Americans fully vaccinated. Still, still too many have not gotten vaccinated. And it's creating a lot of unease in our economy and around our kitchen tables. Today's report shows that the steps we've taken, passing the rescue plan and vaccinating 175 million people, make our economy capable of growing and adding jobs, even in the face of this continuing Delta surge. A strength in our economy very different from the way things were last winter. There's no question the Delta variant is why today's job report isn't stronger. I know people were looking and I was hoping for a higher number. But next week, I'll lay out the next steps that are going to, we're going to need to combat the Delta variant to address some of those fears and concerns. So listen, listen, it wasn't me. I got hairy legs. It was the Delta variant. I was busy sniffing somebody's hair and trying to get ice cream at the McDonald's drive-thru, and they said the machine was broken. Wasn't my fault. Wasn't my fault I didn't deliver on the jobs. Oh, no, it's never your fault, Joe El Baboso Biden. Of course not. And that's why your administration has launched this investigation into broken McDonald's ice cream machines, right? That's on Breitbart, but it's been reported in the Wall Street Journal, Daily Wire. The Federal Trade Commission is carrying out an inquiry into the McDonald's broken ice cream machines. This is by Nick Gilbertson on Breitbart. The inquiry seeks to discover if Taylor Commercial Food Service, LLC, the manufacturer of these machines, has engaged in practices that hinder McDonald's owners' abilities to fix the machines themselves or seek repairs from a third party. The Wall Street Journal and Daily Wire have reported that the ice cream machines require a great deal of maintenance, which includes an automated heat cleaning cycle that can last up to four hours to destroy bacteria. And this has to happen on a nightly basis. According to the owners, if the cleaning cycle fails, the machine requires maintenance from a repair technician before the franchise can even use the ice cream machine again. Wow. And it goes on. Saying it's a hazard for workers, this and that. Then they went on to claim that they got hacked. Ah, unbelievable. It's like Joe Biden, right? They're like, hey, your machine sucks. No, 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 we got hacked. Hey, Joe, your jobs report sucks. No, 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 the buck stops with me, but blame Trump, blame COVID, blame the Delta variant. This stuff is so crazy, you would not believe it if you saw it on WWE Pro Wrestling. You just wouldn't believe it. That's the level of incredulity I have when I look at these articles. You take a few days off and it's like, boy, there's some crazy stuff. Anyway, listen, I wanted to uh, bring you up to speed over the weekend. I also, uh, you... Um, had the opportunity, if you were in New York, to hear me on 710 WOR, the iHeart station. I was with one of my, my, I'll try that again. <laughs> I was with one of my iHeart radio colleagues, Zen Sams, and we were discussing the botched Afghanistan withdrawal and Biden's horrible approval ratings. And Zen Sams is doing really well with her own ratings. So shout out to Zen Sams and uh, everybody at iHeart radio, 710 WOR. And I want to get into this wrestling stuff that I just mentioned because I spent a lot of time watching wrestling over the weekend. But I'm going to tie it into politics because I think there's a connection there. And we're going to take a look at that right now. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. Straight ahead. We're talking about WWE, wrestling, pro wrestling, all of that crazy stuff right here on This Is America. I'm Rich Valdez. (laughs) 
This is America. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez with an S on all the social media. Please get at me on social media. That's one of the toughest places to survive as a conservative and grow your program and grow your footprint because they don't like us, right? They absolutely hate us. I get so, uh, what's the term, shadow banned by so many people uh, in that world. Because people tell me, oh, look, I saw your thing and, and I liked it. And I look, it's got no likes for the last hour. I have to retweet it or send it to somebody else. The things that they do are horrible. That's why I like the uh, free speech platforms like Getter, like Parler, like so many of these other ones that are just springing up. And I can't go on all of them, obviously, because I got like two left hands when it comes to social media. But I do my best. But I thank each and every one of you because, you know, so many of, of you guys, the listeners, who I like to call the Valdez VIPs. Because you guys are extremely important, very important people. And each one of you is a VIP in my book. You Valdez VIPs are what make this show keep going from one episode to the next. And as we look at the progression of the program, and I saw last week's numbers, we were in the top 200, had just come out of the top 100 uh, internationally in Israel. Big shout out to Israel as well for putting us in the top 100 of news commentary podcasts on Apple Podcasts in Israel and in the top 200 here in the United States. I can't begin to thank you enough, right? I am just truly grateful. It is an honor. It's a blessing to know that you guys will actually give a half hour, 35 minutes, sometimes a little more if I'm long-winded, thank you for that, uh, of your time, of your day, of your commute, of your Saturday, of your walking schedule, of whatever it is you're doing, to listen to me, to catch up on the headlines, to hopefully be somewhat informed and entertained as you do it. So I do really, truly thank you. It means a lot to me. Now, What's this wrestling stuff I'm talking about? Well, I watched WWE over the weekend. I watched a bunch of reality TV. I watched, That's what I do, just to give you a little idea. When I'm home and I'm trying to figure out what is it that I'm going to do, if, you know, if I'm going to hang out on the couch after I'm outside, after I'm doing what I do, whatever it is, when I want to relax on the couch, couch potato style, what I do is I watch the silliest, trashiest stuff I could find. Now, I'm going to admit that, yes, I have watched Real Housewives. Matter of fact, I know some of the Real Housewives at least in New Jersey. But that's not my go-to. I usually just look for anything that has some sort of family interaction. Like the Kardashians, believe it or not, I watched more than one episode of that, believe it or not. And sometimes I watch it with my daughters. You know, I have two teenage daughters. I just find something that I would normally not be interested in watching to kind of brainwash myself from watching all of this Biden this and vaccine that and ah, Fauci lied again and he's caught in a lie and all that craziness that I'm going to have to get to when I come back to the studio. And that's why I go dark sometimes on social media. And I got to get better at that, and I will. But that's what I do. I just watch stuff, or I'll watch a movie, I'll, you know, just whatever. I don't have Netflix anymore because after that cuties debacle, I kind of canceled them. But I was watching wrestling. And uh, as a kid, my dad would take me, and I'm talking in the 1980s, we lived in Brooklyn. He would take me on the D train or the Q train, and, but usually the D train straight to 34th Street. And we'd walk over to Madison Square Garden. And back then it was like, you know, I don't know, 30 bucks, 20 bucks 
14 bucks if you went to the nosebleed. And a lot of times we would get the nosebleed tickets and they wouldn't sell out on a Monday night or a Wednesday night or whatever it was back then. So we would go to the garden with the cheap ticket and make our way down to the, to the better seats because there was a lot of open seats. And it was an amazing experience. I liked that in Monster Trucks as a little kid. And he would take me to see Bigfoot compete and all that. And it was these were just magical experiences that you just likely um, just don't have the same way today. But anyway, as I'm getting nostalgic and thinking of all that stuff, it, it to me, when I see wrestling on TV, it brings me back to a happy place as a little chubby kid in Brooklyn, right? My mom was a big fan of Jimmy, Superfly, Snuka, um, Tito Santana, Arriba! You know, there was just so many great wrestlers back in the days. And what I thought was really cool about this whole um, wrestling thing that I was watching was I started thinking about when, you know, they uh, would do these showcases locally at the school that my brothers went to, Shellbank Junior High School. And I remember seeing Jimmy Snuka there and Iron Mike Sharp and a bunch of other Samoans and so many other guys that I'd seen in the WWF at the time, back when they were on Channel 5. And it was like, wow, so cool. So anyway, you fast forward 35 years and uh, here I am watching it on TV. It's totally different. There's huge lights. There's pyrotechnics. There's women all over the place. There was never women back then. Um, I think the first woman I saw in professional wrestling was Elizabeth with Randy Savage. But anyway, not to digress too much, I started thinking there's like a real connection between my enjoyment of professional wrestling entertainment and politics. I was checking out this article in the sportster.com and it talks about these similarities like Mike skills, crazy promos, feuds, stables, and staged managed realities where scripted stories take on a life of their own. Pro wrestling is simply politics without the ballot box. And that's what the article said. And I thought how aptly and pointedly said, very poignant indeed, because I thought this is a very, very interesting take. Yes. I do think that Chuck Schumer choreographs absolutely everything. I think most of these experienced politicians do exactly that. They wait for the moment, but it's tons of improv, right? They might script some of the things in, um, in the world of reality TV, but they rely on the improv to get it done, and which is why it's kind of so interesting to see each of these adventures and storylines unfold. So this piece... It talks about 10 pro wrestlers who later became politicians. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but I wrote a couple down. I took some notes on it, and I thought, pretty interesting. Now, regarding the ice cream story, I actually saw that while I was scrolling on Twitter, and it was shared by Mayor Glenn Jacobs, who tweeted, President Biden's an expert on brain freeze. And it was witty and sharp at the same time, but that's exactly key. That's what you need to be in politics. That's what you need to be in broadcasting, and that's what you need to be a wrestling superstar which Mayor Glenn Jacobs is because he's Kane from the WWE. And I was like, oh, snap. I, you know, I probably read that, but didn't realize it, didn't remember it. Now, imagine if I were to become a wrestler. I would need your help. I really would because if I were to become a wrestler, what would my name be? Right? Like, what would my motto be, my slogan? What would be my finisher move? I don't know. We'll think about that together. If you want to give me a, th- uh, you know, joke around with that a little bit, tweet at me uh, or message me or whatever it is. At Rich Valdez on all the social media, at Rich Valdez. And again, I, I started this segment thanking you guys for listening. So I hope I'm not boring you with my wrestling story and my comparison to politics. But 
Without you, the listener, we don't get those five-star reviews. We don't get all of that feedback that we get. And the reviews are just remarkable. So thank you for doing it. And uh, feel free to put in the review. <laughs> Let me know on there what you think my wrestling name should be and what the maneuver should be to, to finish him. But, you know, this isn't new. When I was a kid, Jesse the Body Ventura, he was, you know, a really popular wrestler. And then retired from wrestling, got into acting, and then became a mayor in Minnesota, ultimately becoming governor of Minnesota. And he's strong on that libertarian politics. Uh, and I don't criticize it. I'm very much libertarian in many, many ways. But there's a lot of them. One of my mom's favorite wrestlers, Bobby Backlund, he ran for Congress in Connecticut and he lost while he was joking around on TV saying he was going to run against Gore and Bush back in 2000. And it makes me think, you know, I think some of the influences that I had as a kid, wrestlers that were cartoon characters that came to life, like Sergeant Slaughter, who was very patriotic. He was a, a military man, a drill sergeant in the ring. And he was always facing off against... Bad guys like Nikolai Volkov, who was in in the WWE or the WWF back then from the USSR and would come in singing the USSR's national anthem, talking about Mother Russia. Now, of course, that was all shtick for, for wrestling. But, you know, you start thinking, what's going on here? You know, is Russia our enemy? You got Reagan saying that Russia's our enemy. Then there's the Iron Sheik Facing off with guys like Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who'd come in marching with a two-by-four in one hand and the American flag in another. And, of course, my favorite, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, the, you know, Hulkamania rules, brother. And he would come out and say, train, say your prayers, and eat your vitamins, and his, his theme song. I mean, I, I play his theme song now when I want to get pumped up for a big show. Trust and believe that if I'm hosting the Mark Levin Show one of these days, three hours live, uh, 350 affiliates across the country, 14 million live listeners hearing every breath and lip smack, every mistake that I make. Trust and believe that I am playing, I am a real American. Because that's the stuff that pumps me up when I was a kid and you'd see the, the Hulkster come out to that stuff. That, that's how you do it. That's how I get in the zone. All right. Truth be told. And those were my influences as a kid. Now, here I am celebrating my 39th birthday for the fourth time right? Or my 40th birthday for the third time back in May. So many, many years later. And Iran is an enemy. Russia, still an enemy. And America, I still love her. And I hope you do too. Because the things that we watch, whether it's entertainment or whatever, these things still have influence on us. They still make a difference in how we look at things. And whether it's, you know, the the list of wrestlers that's out there, I'll probably do another segment on this because I just think it's so interesting that ran in politics or just the similarities of today's sloppy politics comparing it with the shtick of things like professional wrestling. We have to realize that it all boils down to the things that I always tell you it boils down to. Us standing for something because if we stand for nothing, we'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So it's okay to enjoy wrestling. It's in great to enjoy a barbecue. It's great to have time off. I know I enjoyed my weekend off, but now it's time for us to get to work. We've got to hit it. We've got to take advantage of the 63% of Americans that believe that Biden messed this thing up in Afghanistan. We've got to remind them and let them know and get them away from that. Because if we don't, who will? And if we don't do it now, when will we do it, right? Exactly. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, America, I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. 
Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. 